He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Welcome back to Hack City. Joe DeLeo and Sean Anderson, two former college football players from the University of Rhode Island. And we are here to recap the action from the semifinal for the FCS football playoffs. We're talking the crazy lopsided outcome for Albany versus South Dakota State. And then the thrilling overtime battle between North Dakota State and and Montana. Man, Montana keeps tripping up my words already. All that coming up and more. Before we get to that, though, Sean, can you share with our listeners very quickly uh, a word from our friends over at Bet Online? I hit a I hit a parlay and a live bet on the NFL games. I'm happy for man. you. Uh, I know there was a lot of people sweating it out in the North Dakota State Montana game. I believe an hour before game time, the line was one, so it became a pick'em, and you get yep. an overtime matchup. Uh, a lot of betters had uh, very interesting Saturdays. Uh, thank you, Cam Rogers, for this email as well. Congratulations on your work anniversary. Joe, did you know he was the first employee, I believe? Oh, no, I had no idea. Okay, regardless, if you want to do some NFL. <laughs> did he email you that he was the first employee? No, I he sent out some tweet or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's just, mm-hmm. I hope he does start including that in his emails. Regardless, you want to do some sports wagering. It just makes sports more fun. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you, Sean. So this episode might end up being kind of short because, well, I don't know how much we can really talk about a 59 to nothing drubbing by South Dakota State to Albany. Look, we talked about this game and coming in, if you're Albany, what you got to do to play a competitive game and to win, to pull out the upset. Um, I think we didn't really account for, I don't think there's like a huge talent gap between these teams, just like very simply put. I think a lot of people were saying like, oh, there's just this is just what happens when one team is far more talented than the, than the other. Yes, South Dakota State has multiple NFL guys that are supremely talented. Albany has some good athletes as well. So I don't think that Albany should be discounted for their lack of quality on their team i just think to have to travel all the way there and also clearly how much more motivated south dakota state was like they all those guys came back for a reason they came out swinging i I swear to god sean when i put this game on and i turned it on it was a second late i was like the game had started and i was kind of like just sitting down i'm like oh i gotta get the game on I kid you not, the game had just started and it felt like there was already seven points on the board. Like it, it had just immediately South Dakota State scored. And it was like that the rest of the game. It was like, oh, okay, there's another one. There's another touchdown. And you look away for a second, you get up to get a drink and you're like, oh, there were two more that happened in that time span. This game was was ridiculous to even try. Yeah, to watch. there was some weird football on Thursday and Friday, both blowouts. That Thursday night game between uh, the Raiders was a huge blowout. This one was, it's just, it's so hard to beat the best G5 team in the nation, which I'm ready to say South Dakota State is. I don't think there's a better group of five team than South Dakota State, and I know they're playing FCS. They are that good. This is down to four, the final four. Albany earned their way to the final four. It wasn't fluky. They had a good team. They had the quarterback. They had the talent. They had the defense, and they lost 59 to nothing. 
there's no other way to describe this South Dakota State team. Almost, I think you rank uh, the AP should rank them. They sh- the AP should 100% rank them in all of college football. If we're to FBS included, everything. Holy hell! They're they're the they're the it's, twenty. If North Dakota State got ranked when they did South Dakota State, or not, they received votes a couple years ago when they had Trey Lance and Trey Lance got yeah. Heisman votes and stuff. South Dakota State is better than that North Dakota State team. I, I don't, don't give a shit if the FCS fans I, want to get it, mad. That that's there's so much. I, I, and I, I'm not trying to pile on the Bison because I know they're having a, a tough day. But look, this is maybe the best FCS team I've ever seen, top to bottom. How do you do this week in, week out? 59 to 0 doesn't seem possible in a playoff game. I don't I, I don't care if it's the first round or, or, or the championship. This it, it's truly unbelievable to watch a juggernaut like this get put together and then roll. Find a hiccup, find a weakness. I can't do it. I can't do it. Maybe you need it. They're just head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. Albany's a good team, Joe. We both know they're a good team. Right. They're a good right. team. And, 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 and this happens. It doesn't make sense. Wait, so to clarify what I'm saying goes in line with what you're you're saying here. I'm not trying to discount South Dakota State. I'm merely like this is one of those instances where I feel like we're very easily just going to try to do that. Albany didn't belong there bit. And and clearly that's not true because we saw the way that they yes. played against Idaho and they're a good enough team where look, I, I, other fans of other teams don't want to admit this, but I would argue that Albany maybe wouldn't have beaten North Dakota state or Montana, but would have put up a fight against them. I think that they could have played a close battle because stylistically they could have matched up well. And there's a lot of similarities between all three of those teams defensively. Albany's a good team as you're talking about here. That's what plays into the absurdity of the outcome that South Dakota State was just so much more motivated. That's what it felt like. It really, really felt like I was watching uh, an Albany team that was just got off the plane, which obviously they didn't, just got off the plane and were like, okay, we're ready. This is a big opportunity. We're going to play for the national championship, but this team is a lot better than us. And and, and it felt like you could kind of, sense the palpable tension at the start of this game where they were trying a little bit too hard. It's kind of like when Notre Dame got their asses kicked by Alabama in the 2012 national championship game. I remember that game vividly for obvious reasons, me being a Notre Dame fan, but it just felt like that Alabama was so pissed off and they were just so ready. And they're like, we want this. We've been fighting this whole season. This Notre Dame team is ranked ahead of us. We're going to to prove to everybody that we're the best team in the country. And it felt like Notre Dame the whole game was was doing this this bit where they're like, wow, this team's really good. Okay, we this drive, we're going to put it together. No, 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 this drive, we're going to put it together. And before we knew it for this example of the Albany game, it was 28 to nothing so early on in the game. And you're just like, okay, I don't think there's any more drives to put it together to get back in this game. The biggest issue, just to round this point out, that from what happened here – Early mistakes really caught up to them very, very quickly. We're talking the turnovers, um, the hits that they gave up on Poffenbarger. Um, they had to get away from their game really quickly, which is playing a balanced offensive attack. They didn't run the ball. They got 66 total rushing yards. That killed them, 2.9 yards per carry, and they couldn't get any of their backs involved. 
that took them out of it immediately because they were chasing after the first quarter as soon as the first quarter ended. You know, this South Dakota State team is so boring. And let me explain. They're only boring in the narrative sense because you were the first one on this show this year because I've been doing some work going back through the shows. They followed the script all year. We've been saying they're number one all year. We've been saying they're the championship favorite all year. And look where they are now in the championship as the favorite. How could they not be? It's just so rare to find a team that does not stray from uh, just stray at all. They stay just stayed right on their path, locked in, focused. You just don't see that. There's too many. There's too many flaws in a college football locker room. There's too many. There's too many things that shouldn't work. And there's there's mm. ego and pride and all the the beautiful things about football that also make it one of the one of the, the meanest and ugliest and unforgiving sports. And this team just defies that. It, it it it's so it's so rare, and it, it, I I can't believe that they really did it. I can't believe that they really strolled right back into the championship game. Unbelievable. And it all goes in line with what I've been saying here. It just, it feels like that you can sense the focus and the intent from all of these guys that, I mean, they were talking about on the broadcast and the broadcast didn't really totally know what they were talking about, but the, the underlying message was applicable here. There's a couple of guys that could have left and gone on to be high priority undrafted free agents or late seventh round picks on this, on this offensive line. Um, Isaiah Davis could have transferred up, up to an FBS team. Mark Gronowski could have transferred up to a G5 or low-end FBS team or um, Power 5 team, rather. They all could have left and moved on. And as we see all these other teams suffer from this, North Dakota State's probably going to deal with it. I'm just projecting here. Montana might deal with it when the season ends. Uh, Albany's probably going to deal with it with all these guys. South Dakota State is somehow one of the few teams that manages to keep most of its roster and that tight knit group and the ability to keep their head coach all plays into why they play as good as they do. It is is just a championship caliber culture. And this is something that is going to be so hard to stop. I, I will admit next season I'm really intrigued because I got to do some digging. I don't know who's next up. You know, I don't, there's so many, veteran players the Yankee twins like who are the next receivers up who's the next quarterback up and we're not gonna the, spend time talking about that right now but you know, joe they'll 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 flood the yeah. dms right Bre- brandon oh, yeah. and chad will, will let us know who um not to box score scout though just to throw a couple things out there we we very rarely really pull up the box score we almost never do it but i i feel like i had to do it for this game uh guess who who, who owned the time of possession oh my gosh Okay, Albany, Albany threw Ooh. three picks, so it has to be South Dakota State, right? Has to be. 32, uh, 32 minutes, 12 seconds for Albany, 27-48 for Well, South I guess Dakota. if you're scoring That's in four probably plays, the weirdest then, stat. then you're, you, know, you don't have that yeah. much time of possession. This one should be pretty obvious. Only two sacks for South Dakota State, which felt like there were more because they were pressuring Poffenbarger so much. But zero sacks for Albany, I think, really it's paints brutal. the picture because they they can't live if they're not getting pressures. And I don't think Gronowski got pressured once in this freaking game. 
And that, to me, I think is probably one of the biggest things. They just had such ease at the line of scrimmage, which, look, my, uh, Montana fans, you got to pay attention to what the clinic that they just their offensive yeah. line just put on because it's coming right for your front seven. It's it, it's just a I don't know I don't know if people are appreciating this team or if they're not appreciating it. I I can't get a pulse, but for a, a collective group of upperclassmen to decide, hey, let's give it one more run, and then it goes this well, you just don't see that happen all the time. You just don't. There's normally. It's normally some bad injury or there's there's weirdness and and to see a team just march right back and know how to win football games. I, I never take it lightly because winning a football game is so hard. You and I tried to do it for so many years. It's like pulling teeth when it's hard. And South Dakota State doesn't make it look hard. And that might be the most impressive thing that they do is that they just make winning look easy. Whereas you and me. It's, hey, Joe and Sean, step into this surgery room and, and then then help uh, replace this femur. I, we could try. You could point out the ball. You could point it out. We, we, we could try to do it. It's not going to look easy. They make it look effortless. It, it's, it's just don't take this team for granted. Montana wins this game in overtime 31 to 29. We're going to kind of recount how this game played out but I, I feel like the underlying just thought from this game one fantastic football game uh both teams fought their Incredible. asses off S- one kind of thing that I think stood out for North, North Dakota State I'm gonna I'm gonna get to in a second but both teams played really really well they both played a very balanced game they both ran the ball well they both completed passes when they needed to I think that Cam Miller stepped up and shined in a way um, you know, that we necessarily weren't expecting. And, and his stat line doesn't really reflect the way that I would have expected. He goes nine for 22 for 157 yards. It felt like once a drive, he was getting, uh, you know, a couple big plays or a big, big passing play for like 15 or 20 yards on, on third and long or just like a difficult situation. Um, but that lack of completion percentage, I think, kind of caught up to him because there were a bunch of drives where they needed him to make a play and they were taking away the run yeah. game completely. Couldn't there, really, there, couldn't there really were a couple tough anything. three and outs in the fourth quarter, uh, if I if I recall. At least one where it's like, all right, Cam Miller dropping back, need it, need it, need it, didn't get it. Uh, uh, other than that, I'll, I'll, I'll let you jump right back into where you were. Yeah, the only other thing I was going to say here, we had said, and I forget what our exact wording was, but we said on the preview, the winner of this game is going to be who plays the cleaner game and finishes best in the fourth quarter. I think that that is properly painted by the fact that North Dakota State had nine penalties compared to Montana's two. And I know that that's not like an astronomical amount of penalties, but it felt like a number of penalties showed up when they had momentum starting to build, starting to build, and then it just died out because of some silly penalty. That Home field like, advantage, per- man. The false example. starts, all of it, man. I think that, that the home yeah. crowd for Montana really made an impact on that North Dakota State offense. The perfect example was that running into the punter penalty, which was so stupid. You you came out early in the f- second half, and you get a really good stop, and you're ready to get the ball back, and you're ready to come down and put points on the board. That, to me, is a real tide-turning moment in a football game. When you get that first stop in the, at the beginning of the second half and you march down and you score, 
that is a way to put a team on their heels. And that penalty killed them. You know, that really kind of derailed them. I think that they didn't end up giving up a touchdown on that drive off the top of my head. I don't know why I'm misremembering it, but still like that epitomizes the stupid mistakes that they made in this game. And it, it just, it really, it really, really held them back. I, I think that that was clearly the difference because they both played so, so close. I had a lot of thoughts on this game. Uh, I'll, I'll try to run through them in a, in a, in a composed manner here. I thought late in the fourth quarter, I, I last year and at times we have given broadcast teams for the FCS a hard time. I thought in the fourth quarter that the crew that was calling the game game did a did a good job. I thought that they were locked in, focused, and made sure that the moment and the gravitas of the situation in the game was felt. So as much, when we when we tear them down, we might as well build them up. That team calling the game was good. If you haven't seen this game or watched it. Watch it. <laughs> Where, oh. <laughs> can we talk about the the what was it the was it the touchdown call that the the commentator completely lost his mind? There was a little bit of madness. About. I didn't mind it, Joe. I didn't uh, mind. Uh, <laughs> 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 it was something like that. There there was this game earlier on in the season. I think it was like Maryland Purdue or something, and and Fox put some guy in the booth who I've never heard of before who was doing that on every play. I know. I think it was like, I think Virginia was playing and Anthony Calandria is the, uh, the big high and the low, low player of the year uh. for me, where he would make a crazy throw and then he would throw the most backbreaking interception. But that commentator, every time something would happen, he would do the, <laughs> Oh, there's another interception. Oh, it just had the same, same vibe. And I, you know, I get getting caught up in the game and I, I kind of love it. I, I wish, I wish more commentators were, were willing to, you know, wear their, uh, you know, wear their emotions on their sleeve a little bit. And I, I think that some traditionalists don't like that, but I think that it's fun in the, you know, in the modern age of, I like uh, getting some Gus Johnson games. I like getting some, uh, I know but it's it different is. than Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson's like very one-sided in He's his coverage too, pace. so it's Look, a little different. Uh, yeah. I, I just felt like if we're going to be fair, I wanted to give credit when the team did something good. Okay. And, and additionally, okay. if you haven't seen this game, go back and watch it. You'll not you 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 need to watch this game. It is a classic. It is an instant classic. There is too much. Give me an overtime semis uh, playoff game in the semis. Give that to me. Okay, cool. Now, was it like a boring overtime or was it like the best ever? The best ever. Okay. And were both of these teams good? Was it a slot fest? They were both exceptional. Go back and watch this game. They the the highs of winning this game are so high, and the 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 lows of losing this game are crushing. This is a <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I cut you off. I had to play that. Oh Molly. god. But they, wait, wait, but that epi- I, I didn't right. mean to cut you off, but that epitomizes the game because it was it's so unique in what you're talking about where they all I think this is a defensive battle. You know, this is like whose defense stepped up the most in the in the in it the was. right circumstances. Yeah. And it was just it was so gritty, so gritty until the end of the game and and, it, and it, you just feel this palpable here's Here's who's the gonna, explosion time. Get and out of the this. explosion right. started happening, and it was maybe I don't. There were some good college football games this year. This was maybe the best game that I watched yeah. all year. It was so much fun. 
It was up there. I don't know. If I, it was, it, it was so much fun, Joe, because it was so tight, intense, cold war for three quarters. Right. And then the punt return touchdown opened it up. Junior Bergen, uh, uh, Bergen, Bergen. Bergen. I, I had too many New Jersey schools with that. Regardless. Uh, They're all pronounced same. Bergen. I, I heard Bergen plenty of times. I, you don't do You're talking to the wrong people. Okay. Are we going to stick with the semantics of Bergen or Bergen? And yeah. for the yeah. schools in, it's in, Bergen. I know for a fact, don't know it's nothing Bergen. about New Jersey schools, regardless. Okay. Junior Bergen star stud. This dude has been carrying the Grizz. When you need a big play, who can you call to? McDowell's been good. They've had good players, but he's been the guy. He has been the Packers' Al Harris closing out playoff runs. Like he, he has that 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 club in his bag to to just get your team back in it or to help them get some separation. So impressive. After the return touchdown, the game became bedlam. It was phenomenal theater it was a phenomenal football game and in the fourth quarter I had no preference who won they both played such a good game I had no rooting interest I had no oh man I I really want it I didn't I didn't care I, I just wanted to see who was gonna nut up and finally get the stop unbelievable yeah despite us being featured in the I I was fully prepared for us being very unexpected, by the way, for anyone who doesn't understand um, how team media works. Um, we had no idea that we were in the North Dakota nope. State hype video. Like, had an absolutely zero idea that we were in it until Sam Herter tagged us in it. And that's really cool because, uh, you know, you see the FBS programs that, you know, they go and pull from bomb. Josh Pate. They go, yeah. or Well, no, it's usually Josh Pate. It's usually... Um, you know who's the who's oh my uh, JD Pacal the the on three kid that you know they picked the, these solo hosts that that are very you know concise to the point and I thought that was really cool that they picked us because last year they picked us when I spoke really negatively of them and they they, they only picked the quote of me saying that uh, that Cam Miller couldn't throw the ball and and that he was bad at quarterback and. This year they picked us, hyping them up, and, and you saying some really good things about the game, and I thought that that was really cool. And I was fully, fully prepared for Montana fans to be like, oh, of yeah, course these guys course. are in the North Dakota State hype video. I was way I, – I, I, at the end of the game, I, or in the middle of the game, I kind of like – I was like, I wonder if anyone's quote tweeted this <laughs> and talked Dude. shit. Uh, but no one did. I was surprised. Very surprised I thought – I had a little bit of a, a sneaking suspicion – that we were going to be in the Montana hype video for different reasons than hyping the game up. Uh, I was a little bit worried that it was going to be silence the doubters. And then here comes some of the things that we've said, regardless, uh, just such a fun game, a fun moment. Uh, and, and you just, you have to, you have to appreciate these good games because there've been a lot of stinkers this season. And, and mm. Should we get to the meat of the issue right now? Yeah, yeah. So this game, as we're talking about, there's a lot of highlight plays that that come come in here. And at the end of the game, North Dakota State got the ball back, needing a touchdown. Missed extra point by Montana's kicker is 
just brutal, horrendous. You got you got to hit those, dude. You got to hit. You got to freaking hit those. They go. They have a situation where they only need seven points. They go down. They score. They put points on the board. They tie the game. Uh, really great drive. That was probably the best drive that they had all game, and it kind of makes me wonder why they weren't using a lot of those similar concepts, passing concepts, the whole game. It's it's always one of those things where you're like. Why was that so easy when the game was on the line? And why weren't you doing stuff like that earlier? Game goes to overtime. We have a really back and forth great. overtime. Both teams score really quickly. The Cole Payton touchdown really quick. Um, then we have the, you know, Montana scored extremely quickly in their first overtime. We come back around to the second overtime and Montana decides to go for two. Junior Bergen has a wide receiver pass, face mask, He's grabbed by the face mask, flag is thrown, just chucks the ball into the end zone as he should in that situation because if the ball gets picked, they're still getting a second yeah. opportunity from closer yardage. It gets caught. Plays into the Tipped, absurdity of caught miracle. North Dakota State comes back around. And, and that play call, by the way, was a good play call. It was different than the North Dakota State one. There was at least, you huh. know options there were at least options for him to go to and there was some confusion which led to an open receiver for montana north Dakota state scores and they run one of the stupidest two-point conversions one of the most cliche overly used two-point conversions i've ever seen not to mention after you just had your opponent call a wide receiver pass and it was so slow operating it had no sense of urgency Rolls out, and there's a, a covered ass tight end that couldn't have been any more covered. And there were, at the very least, when you're going to throw a play like that, and he's going to roll so far back that nobody's really pressuring him, leak out Cam Miller, leak him out to the backside. And if, if that tight end's not open, you throw back to the quarterback or you throw to somebody, an offensive lineman. Why would you call a two point conversion play with one option? There's two yards to go. You think that they're not going to cover the tight end when he runs a, 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 a route to the back corner of the end zone? What the hell was that? I can't believe after the game that they played, that was how the game ended. I don't know if an option, if another option got bumped. I saw them line up in that formation, and I I actually genuinely was like, are we still in overtime? I'm like, I, I, I thought the play didn't matter because I saw the formation. I said... Do they get two chances? I, I was asking myself dumb questions because I said this formation, it's it's not a serious formation. It's not a it's not something that you do when you're really intent on getting a two-point conversion. I was very confused by that play call. Very confused. And that play and that decision to run that play is going to haunt North Dakota State fans for a while. It's going to haunt them because and, and the Monday morning quarterbacking and the 2020 hindsight. I get it, but this is one of those where you where you look back in the playbook and say, maybe we could have gone with that. Maybe we could have done this. It, and I know it's exhaustive and it's a crazy game and you've you, you you've done all the options so far. Like I, I'm not going to say it's not a, a, a tough spot. But there are a lot of four route concepts that you can run in the end zone to get somebody open for a two point conversion. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. There's a lot of ways to run it in. Uh, but to 
it, it, it just got too convoluted and they got too cute mm. and that hurt them. And that was, you just look at it like, wow, they went for it and, and they really went for it, which in, in a sense I respect. They say, you know what, we're really going to go for this thing. And, and, and if it works, we'll have somebody wide open in the back. It didn't work. It gets picked season over. What a risk. What a call. And uh, shout out here, though, just for Montana for the quality of execution, uh, the way they finished the game yeah. when they needed to. I'm excited for the playoffs, or not the playoff, the national championship, rather. I'm excited for how things are going to play out in Frisco. We've got a couple of weeks before that game is played. Probably we'll do, I don't know if we'll do an FCS show this week, but the following week we'll probably do um, talking about the awards before they're announced. Uh, and then uh, and we'll preview the game when the game comes back around. So, folks, make sure you don't miss out on that. Make sure you're subscribed at Joe DeLeon, at Sanderson Radio. Hit that like button. Drop a comment. Sub to the YouTube audio form wherever you're getting it. We'll be back with more for the rest of the FCS football playoffs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.